This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Northwest Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth, according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 1708 Elm Springs Road in Springdale, Arkansas. It is a blessing for me to be here with you all and to bring the Word of God to you all. Uh, I'm not Ben Manon, I'm not David, I'm not Ben, but I got a call on Friday night and said that if I could be here in Alma didn't know, but we were coming to see you all, and so I took the opportunity to be here. Uh, I pray that everything that I said will be to glorify God, and that uh, you open up your hearts, and that you listen to the Word of God, not my opinions, but what the Lord says. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. How was your week? Was it all joy? Or was there certain circumstances that happened in your life that were excruciating? Things that the walls of your house were falling on you, the roof was caving in, and everything was going wrong in your life, and you still said, God will make me go through this. Or did you just go into panic? And anxiety. So how was your week? I pray that as today is the first day of the rest of your life, that you take your heart, you open it up, that it be fertile to the Word of God. And as uh, I want to welcome you all here, I'm going to talk to you about purpose, your heart to serve God. That's where I'm going to I'm going to take it down from. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, if you want to open your Bible and you will see context and everything that goes in there. But I will also have it here. And by the way, I use pictures. Uh, I use words in there. And the reason is because <clears throat> when I went to seminary school, they told us that there's uh, four kinds of people in the audience. And you that uh, stand up here should know that. Is there's the visual, the ones that see the pictures, that learn by seeing the auditory, which they can hear what I'm saying. And there's the kinesthetic, which use words and touch and feel and those things. And then there's sometimes in your audience, there will be a deaf that comes into your uh, audience and they can be able to read what you're saying. If not, if you only do one from the scriptures and you, you only have one third of the congregation. If you have two, uh, you know, hearing and auditory, now you've got uh, two-thirds, but if you do the third one, then you got everybody that can uh, uh, understand what you're saying and bring something out of, out of the, the uh, lesson that you present. And they're just free of charge. There's no, no charge for that advice. So as we look at here, here's, it says, but Daniel purpose in his heart that he would not be defiled, that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank, Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. See, here's a young man, and he is purposing to follow God. How long have you been a Christian? Have you purposed in your heart, really, that you will follow the Lord no matter what happens in your life? Well, we got a, a, an example here of a young man. See, 
Daniel's life and his ministry in here, we read this. If you read, it bridges the entire 70 years of captivity in Babylon. And as we look at Daniel here, is God chose him as the prophetic mouthpiece for him to the Gentiles and to the Jewish community. And he was young. Well, what excuse do we have? I don't know where you are in your work. Did you just in your walk? Did you just start? Are you in the middle or are you at the end of it? But by the time we are through here, I hope that in that you purpose in your heart to serve God. See, deciding God's present and future eternity in your life is one of the most important things in our lives. Uh, Daniel shows God's guidance, intervention, and the power in the affairs of men. And he is alive and active in your heart and your mind. Now, sometimes we choose not to serve him. Sometimes we choose to walk away. Sometimes I don't know if you'll ever pray and you want things done right there and then and you cannot wait for him and you go out and get a second job to help him instead of waiting. I don't know how your heart is at that point, but sometimes we have to wait on him and he will do it at the right time, at the right opportunity. See, as we looked at those verses here, this was a young man of no Jewish families here, and they brought into Babylon. Uh, you know, Babylon, I, I consider Austin and Houston because I lived in both of them. So th those are the things that they brought up for education in civil service. That's what they brought there. And even their names were changed to break their, their, their connection with the past. Because it says there in verse 1 and 2 that which he carried into the land, now Shinar, uh, to the house of his God. See, as we look at these verses here, they, he tries. See, the kings at that time, they knew that if they took all the young men from their land to their land and teach them those things that they were uh, practicing within a generation, they would forget what their parents taught them. And now they had them in their hearts. And see, and that's the same thing about, about, about the young kids that are in here is they're one generation away from stepping away from the church. So what are you doing to help them in their hearts? What is it that you are teaching them? And, you know, sometimes we leave all those teachings to uh, the women, but it says there that uh, fathers are supposed to bring him in admonition of the Lord. So as we look at this here, and as they're taken out here, they're, they're taken to a, a new city. They're taken to, to something that is new. Have you ever had to change jobs or move to another city or neighborhood? Have you ever done that? You know, as we travel all uh, everywhere, we move to different places. Is that, uh, you know, what do we do with that? Are we moving to the new city? And, in the, and we don't, are we immersed in that culture wherever we go? Did you inject your values on them? Or did they contaminate your life? Which one? Who is influencing who as we look through this life? Uh, as they're teaching them a different culture here, uh, our children are taught a different culture. You know, uh, sometimes we 
take care of our kids until they go to college. Then they go to college and the teachers just get them out of the rails as we have put them in there. You know, I remember my, my younger son, he, he would say that, well, but the professor said this. Okay, let's look at the, at the scriptures. What does the scripture say? So those are the things that, you know, if you have never read or, or have watched on, online 18 summers, I suggest that you read that book because you only got these kids 18 summers in your life to teach them the truth uh, of who God is and that they will follow. Usually up to nine years old, the, the children, is what, when they're nine years old, that's what is going to control their adult life. And we only got 21 summers to do that. So I, I, I just encourage you that this, within one generation, that the church will still be strong and continue ongoing. See, the prophet Daniel here was captured as a teenager and implanted in Babylon. And here, King Nebuchadnezzar wanted Daniel and his friends to be indoctrinated into the Babylon culture. The world calls us every single day. Sometimes say, well, yeah, but the world ain't touching my, my house. No. Have you seen the TV shows and what our children are watching? See, they're infiltrating right there, and they have changed our lives. They were placed in what is called an ancient management uh, a, a training program for them. And Daniel, in this case, it uh, means God is my judge. Then Belteshazzar is the bell prince. So they changed, it. They changed his name. He, this was a Babylonian deity, what they changed their name, his name to. So they bring him out, out, out of their uh, land, and they're bringing them over as captive. And, but as, we, as you read this, I hope you read the whole uh, uh, book of Daniel, is at the end, the, the king's plan backfired on him which is great, and let's praise God for that. By the end of the book of Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was bowing down to Daniel's God. Ain't it amazing what a young man can do? And it doesn't matter what age you are at. It wasn't the other way around where he was uh, changed. The reason they changed him and took him over there, see? Uh, everything was great. And even that, that statue was brought down. So if you want a stand firm in your values, I suggest that you resolve not to be defiled. That you place that in your heart and that that is what's controlling you, your thoughts, your actions, everything. See, here's the deal. Everything comes out of the heart. Out of the heart proceeds the matters of the heart, right? So if there's love, if, there, if there's caring, if there's things they are compassionate in your heart. Sometimes the erections will come out and they will be a blessing on everybody. But if there's hatred, if there's resentment, there are those things in your heart, then they will come out and they will be a curse on everybody. It just depends what's on the heart and it's going to come out. It doesn't matter. See, I cannot see your heart. See, look at us. Man, we look so nice on Sunday morning. But... How is our heart? So as we look at this here is, you know, there's a, a very important uh, phrase in this passage that comes early in part of uh, verse 8. If you look at it there, it says, it, uh, this word is translated, he purposed in his heart. That's what he did. Then he, which also is translated, but Daniel made up his mind. 
he did it in purpose there. And Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself. That's what he said. That's what he did. That's what's in action now. See, if you're going to be a person that uses all these opportunities God gives you to prove your love and devotion to him, then you will have to decide in your heart ahead of time of what you're going to do. Daniel's victory did not begin when he first opened his mouth and said, no, I don't want to have that and talk to the chief of the eunuchs. That's not where he started. It began when he opened his heart as his parents taught him. That's when he took charge. See, in the original text, uh, the emphasis is Daniel said or placed, he put it in his heart. The issue here is when Daniel chose to put it in his heart was the significant application, the principle that signifies what he's going to do. And this growth process, the sanctification process, it's a marathon. It's not a, a dash race. See, as, as we look at the our growth process, how is that going on with our growth process? Are we better than when we first started the walk? Have we gotten closer to him? Are we relying on him or are we just standing on the sidelines? There are so many things that we can do. This sanctification, this separation, you're a, a holy race. We all are here. See, we are great to take care of each other here. We love each other. We call each other. We do all those things for each other. But then sometimes we forget that outside these four walls, there's people dying without Christ. What are we doing about it? How's my heart on that? The idea that you place in your heart here is a significant impact on your behavior. It's not how you behave, how your heart is. It's the other way around. It is important because it's the difference than what society tells us today. And let me submit to you that it does not matter what society says. It matters what God says. And as we look at this here, many want to take the position that my behavior is determined by my environment, which is true. But are we allowing it? See, I grew up in government home. I grew up in welfare. And I could have been one of those people that remained there. But no, I chose to move out of there. I made a promise that my family was not going to go through there. See, it is not the environment that it was controlling me or that is controlling you. You know, what people do around you, sometimes we cannot tell the difference between the people in the church and those outside in the world. We become just united as them. Uh, the problem, sometimes we say, oh, is the people that I hang around with. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good morals or good habits in this case. So it is who are we choosing in our life? Who do we hang around with? What do we do during the week? Do we fellowship with Christians or do we go and do what the world is doing or our neighbors are doing? Do our do, even do our neighbors know that we are Christians? And that is, you know, am I influencing them or are they influencing me? It's how, how is that going with you and with me? Uh, 
what are the conditions in your heart that you bring into play every single day? See, I challenge you that every morning or that you get up and just say that a little thing that I said. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And you will see how it, your life changes. I, I submit to you that you read Psalm 23rd, the 23rd Psalm, for at least 15 days, morning and night. And you will see by the inner death, if you can go out money, it's even better. But it will change your life so much. And one of the things that, uh, you know, I'm not getting in your case with this, with this sermon. Every sermon that I preach usually apply, uh, is to me, and then it applies to everybody else. So you just ask Alma, and, and, and I go through all this. When I, go to, when I preach, I'm preaching to me in these cases. And by the way, a disclaimer, nobody told me when Pat called me that I needed to preach to you, okay? Uh, so let's take that out. I'm not preaching to you, especially. So let us see what you're on. See, sometimes we think we are a passive victim. We are not. See, we must be an active moral agent in our lives. We must choose in our hearts to choose that. You know, what I have chosen to place in my heart is going to make a difference on how I live my daily life. Uh, do we take the, the right stand for God or do we not? We, what are we doing with our life? My question is, how's your heart this morning? Is it all full of hatred? Is it all full of resentment? Is it all full of envy? What's going on? Is, is, is your heart so dirty? You know, outside, we look good, right? But inside our hearts, they're not what they're supposed to be. See, we sing this song, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Oh, we should be singing that every single day. Creating me a new heart. Following, are we following him? First Kings chapter 18, verse 21 says, And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If, if, if Baal, then follow him. But the people answered him, not a word. See, who are we following with our lives? See, when it says here, and he faltered, it means between two opinions, wavering, hesitating. That's what it means here. Elijah went and dug into their hearts for the decision, the controversy between God and Baal. And he used an appeal to their, in their lives. And he went right to the matter of the heart. See, he didn't go into the authority of the law. For there has no right, no weight on what he was doing there. But he dug into their hearts into follow him, the Lord. That's what he was saying in these verses here. Do you ever find, find yourself hesitating between two opinions? I do. And sometimes the bad part wins. It's like that story about the wolf. The white wolf and the black wolf. And the, the, at the end says, which one wins? The one you feed the most. So what are we feeding in our lives? Have you ever felt torn between two decisions and not sure of what to do? Sometimes we get torn because we are focusing more 
on the what than on the who. And the who should be Jesus Christ. Whether we want to admit it or not, uh, everything comes down to the choices that we make in our lives. That's what it comes down to. Uh, the Song of Solomon, chapter uh, 2, verse 15 says, Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine. See, the little things are the ones that uh, become big, great things. If we don't control the small things, if we don't control, sometimes we miss attending church once and then maybe twice. Sometimes we pray. Sometimes we don't. Those little things just guide us away. The difference between children and adults is that adults make a decision and have to live with the consequences. See, usually I ask people, which way are you going? Are you following God or are you following the world? Let me ask you a question. How many times a week do you pray? Well, when I ask that question, you should, oh, at least seven, because there's seven days, at least seven days, sometimes 14, because it's twice a day. I said, that is great. That is wonderful. I'm so glad that you're praying. Now, let me ask you a second question. How many times do you open your Bible a week? And then it comes up, maybe Sunday morning, maybe Sunday night if we meet, maybe Wednesday. I said, oh, okay. So you're trying to tell me that what you got to tell God is more important than what God is got to tell you in the scriptures. Which one is more important? See, people say, oh, man, I wish I had a manual. It's right here. Everything that we need is in this uh, scripture, and they, they were left for us. See, Daniel's purpose in his heart. It is all important to resolve in one's heart as we look at this. There are certain things that are not possible for us if we claim to be a Christian or if we are Christians. Uh, too many of us have a secret reserve. See, sometimes we barricade the front door and Satan ain't coming into this house, but we leave the back door ajar. See, we, we barricade that and then we leave the door just in case. Let me tell you, that's not what God said. He will give you a way of escape. That's not what he means, just living. You've got to be committed in everything that we do. We need to realize that, that what Paul said, we must be dead to sin. Is that what we're doing with our lives? God always cooperates with those servants that when they are true to him. That's when he helps us. I have found that in my life. See, I came from Catholicism. And somehow some young person, a couple came to my house and presented Jesus to me and made the difference. It's, that's the reason why I'm here in front of you is because someone cared. And my heart was right, was fertile, and I listened to the word of God. Not that I accepted it right away because it took me a whole year of studying and changing my heart. See, those are the things that we must be doing. You must choose between who, what, and how every day of our lives. Who, what are you choosing? The Bible here makes it clear that we are to choose who you will follow. See, there is no middle road. There's not straddle the fence. There's nothing like that. The problem here is we do not like to think of ourselves as choosing to follow a false god like Baal. 
See, we don't have those images anymore. But whatever is keeping you away from serving God, that's your idol. What is it? I love to play golf. Is it golf? Is it fishing? What's keeping me away from serving God? But when we turn to follow the Lord, we are turning to follow some, some, something else. If we're not following the Lord, we're following something else. See, we get caught on life's activities. And we only go to God when we need Him. Have you ever done that? I have. See, those are the things that we have to be. Romans 6, uh, 16 tells us, Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either to sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness? Who is it that we are obedient to? See, the servant is a slave. We are slaves of Christ. Uh, a slave was considered his master's property, which we are, and he, the owner could dispose of him whichever way he wanted to. Uh, righteousness, of course, is just justification. It's justice in our lives. So Psalm 119, uh, 71 said, It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. That is the reason why sometimes you go through problems is he puts you through the fire. So on the other side, you become as fine as gold. That's why he put us there. We must make the Lord the priority of our lives every single day. We must start the day with him, praying about our schedules, asking for his guidance, uh, reading his word for instructions in the morning and worshiping uh, him, his grateful hearts. Lord, I'm about to get out of this house. I'm about to get into the world. Please be with me. And then when we come back into our, Lord, thank you for bringing me home. I know I made some mistakes, but thank you for walking with me every single day. We must learn to practice these things every single day. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? He tells us all these things. Jesus re replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. Are we really? Are we really obeying his teachings? Psalm 119, 75, 77. Oh, I know, Lord, that your rules are righteous and in your faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let your steadfast love come for me according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me that I may live for you your law, for your law is my delight. Can we say that? If, the, if, if this, we put these actions into practice, then we will find ourselves following God without faltering. Uh, God knows our hearts anyway, and he wants us to uh, put him about anything else. He says about husbands, wives, children, parents. You know, if you love those more and you put them before me, then you cannot be my disciple. Choose whom you will serve. Joshua 24, 14, and 15 says, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you have that plaque in your house? We do. As we come in, we see it. Is that what we're doing for us? For me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. So in conclusion... I pray that your hearts 
you have looked in, examined your hearts and looked into your hearts. See, the Babylonians here could change their homes, their diets, their names, and their education, but they could never change their hearts. How are we doing today? These men had decided that they were going to serve the Lord no matter the cost. They had made that promise before they got. You know, it would be easy for them to have said, well, it's, it's okay. Everybody else is doing it. Or they could have, well, we'll obey the king outwardly, but we'll just keep our faith to ourselves. Are you keeping your faith to yourself? How are we doing that? These options were not good enough for this man. They were willing to commit themselves to God despite the consequences and what was going to come afterward. Christians need the same level of, uh, of determ determined commitment in their lives. Many of us seem to find it easy to just give in into compromise. Just, let's just compromise on that. Uh, let, you know, God said, love your neighbor. So let's just love them and not, not teach him the word. He needs to, uh, we need to dedicate ourselves to God and uh, his plan for our life. He has a plan for you and for me. But what if it costs us our lives? Are we going to follow him? If somebody will walk right here right now with a gun and, and put it in your head and said, deny Jesus, would you do it? Or would you get shot? That's hard. Our duty is to faithfully serve the Lord with all we have. Where will you be tomorrow? Where will you be next week or next year? Still vacillating between whom to serve and whom to choose and obey? Will you purpose in your heart not to defile yourself? See, because Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Jesus Christ came. He carried the cross, the burden for you. He was nailed to the cross. See, we have not suffered that much. And then ultimately he hung in the cross for you and for me. He is giving you this opportunity today to serve him. And will you cry out, but as for me and my household, I will serve the Lord. I don't know where your heart is. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on with your life. But if you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's many here qualified that can present that to you. And if your house is falling apart and there's so many problems in your life and you need prayers of the congregation, would you please come and sit up in the front, front seat and uh, we pray for you? Don't go home and take your burdens with you. It's about time that you get rid of that garbage bag full of sin, full of problems, full of things that are going on and drop it off and put it in the feet of Jesus and walk right with God. Would you please come as we stand and sing? We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, send us a message at facebook.com slash cfcnwa. To find more sermons, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and like our Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and God bless.